up, Cardboard Nation? Welcome to another episode of Go GTS Live, the Hobbies Web Show. Sorry, we're a few minutes late getting started this evening. I'm your host, Rob Bertrand. Joining me as always, that guy over there. You know him, you love him, Ivan Lovegren. What's going on, Ivan? Hey, I am just happy to be back. I'm sorry that I was another 10 minutes late today, but thank you for holding the show for me. Um, and thank you for covering for me last week. I uh, had some personal stuff to get done. Uh, nothing nothing to be worried about. Thank you. I did get some requests, concerns. Uh, just wife went out of town and we had errands out the wazoo. So that's it. I am flying solo tonight. So if a kid just comes like flying through the camera picture, you know, and like you hear a crash, just an FYI. <laughs> that's, gotcha. That's dad life. Well, I appreciate the heads up. But, but yeah, no worries. I get it been there done that well we got a lot going on tonight oh, we were yeah, we, do. we were gonna have a guest and um little miscommunication dropped the ball on my part maybe but also from my understanding the gentleman was going to be down at the dallas card show today anyway but we're hoping to find out more about this Allen and Ginter egg story sooner or later so just stick that in the back of your craw but uh Let's see. We've got hobby happenings. We've got. <laughs> I don't know that four, I want that in the back of my car, Rob. <laughs> four box breaks, uh, a video segment from Upper Deck, uh, a video segment from Golden Auctions, and a really ultra light week in Hot in the Shop. Uh, but we're going to kick this things week, off. As the last always, week made this week super hot. Sorry, I'm yeah. still catching up. I'm still a week behind. Yeah, you are. You yeah. are. So as long as you're looking at tonight's show notes, so you'll be yeah. fine. Um, uh, Don so Russ 2019 GTS releases this week. <laughs> our Go GTS Live Q of the Week poll is uh, related to a topic that's going to be coming up frequently, oh, I man. think, over the year. How close is the hobby to fully automated, automated grading using AI, software, etc.? And your choices for this evening were by the end of 2021, next year, three years or more, or never. Um, and the reason this is, this is coming about right now is that uh, we're going to talk about a company called HGA in a little bit, but um, they're the latest to seemingly have at least some answers or some direction or of what the future might look like when it comes to grading but with this topic in mind ivan how did you how did you vote uh so i voted um two to three years right in there right in that range um it's definitely not going to happen uh right away you know it's not going to be here tomorrow uh that company specifically hga you know they've they've said that it's part of the process that they use software um, it's not the entire process. And I actually know of another couple of companies that are working on it. Um, and so I think there's a lot of trial and error still before we can say it will take over 100%. So that's how I voted, but I do see it coming. I do see people actually putting in the money, the time and the research on it. Um, and I would love that because I hate when you look at a card and you're like, why is that a 10 or why is that an eight? There you go. Uh, I came up with the poll question and I phrased it the way I did. And there's three key words in there. Fully AI software. And you and as you and I mentioned off air, 
there's a difference between AI and software. And we're going to talk about that more in a little bit. But uh, the capitalized word, the only capitalized word is fully. And I answered never because I don't think... I don't think you're ever going to fully eliminate the human element from it in some capacity, uh, whether that's just to verify the right label has been applied or something. I still think there's going to be a final human that has to put eyeballs on something. I could be wrong, but I marked never. But we're going to have a... Well, I don't know. I feel like if you put it that way, it's a little bit of a trick question then, because obviously yes. quality control, you know? So I, I took it as not a trick question and okay. like, you know, never being more so like the machines will never be good enough to grade it. Um, but, you know, obviously we all... I mean, when I check it myself out of the grocery store, there's still somebody there watching right, to make exactly. sure I don't steal stuff, you know? Right. They're not very good That's at it. That's why I'm... <clears throat> Yeah, and I and I purposely made it a little bit of a trick question, but I want to know how you guys think. So keep in mind that yeah, all right, hold if on it's a never going to be fully that zero this question, replies it, it, to this tweet. Hard. So here's the thing: <laughs> don't just vote. This is a conversation between collectors. We're just collectors. I'm nobody special, Rob. I hate to break it to you. You've been collecting a long time, but you're still just a collector, right? Like, yep, we exactly. want to hear from you. So 50 retweets on this. And zero replies. So reply with your thoughts. Or if you're watching on Twitch, um, you know, talk in there about it. You know, argue back and forth. Tell us your thoughts on HGA, CSG, you know, Genement, all these new companies that are springing up. If you're watching on YouTube, but but don't just leave us out here to talk. We are we do not want to be talking heads. So, Twitter.com/slash/goGTSLive is where the tweet. I is. I did it's notice pinned. that myself. Yeah. That there were no no replies. I thought that was interesting. So when you're thinking about this, what I was going to say is, you know, keep in mind, okay, everybody knows it's not going to be fully, but we're talking, you know, at least 90% of the subjectivity being taken out of the process by something other than the human element. So I've already seen several people weigh in this jumped by about 50 votes from when we went online. So keep uh, keep ch uh, voting and yeah, like Ivan said, weigh in with some chat. All right, uh, some news, notes and nuggets in a segment we call Hobby Happenings. Well, the seven-figure sports card club continues to grow and grow exponentially. Prior to 2020, a total of 10 cards ever sold in the hobby for over a million dollars. 2020 more than doubled that number with 11 additional cards joining the club. And despite being less than three months into 2021, 14 more cards have already sold for a million dollars or more including five just this past weekend good golden Lord. auctions we're gonna have a job for a while rob <laughs> golden auctions completed their winter auction event this past sunday night setting an all-time auction sales record across all companies of 45.2 million dollars 
The five new cards to join the seven-figure club are this 1955 Topps Roberto Clemente in a PSA 9 selling for one point one a little more than $1.1 million. And this 1952 Topps Mickey Mantle, don't call it a rookie, in a PSA 8, which sold for over $1.35 million. But it was basketball that dominated the sale, led by this pair of cards of LeBron James, an Ultimate Collection 101 Logo Man Auto, selling for over $1.29 million. And then the always popular exquisite RPA, which garnered a final bid of over $1.5 million. But in the end, it was the Black Mamba, Kobe Bryant himself, who saw this 96-97 Topps Chrome Refractor in a BGS-10 Pristine drop the gavel at $1.75 million plus. Pretty impressive. Yeah, Rob, those sales figures are incredible and all, but did you know that while everybody was paying attention to the golden auction event, a private sale of a Luka Doncic, I should say the Luka Doncic, 2018-19 Panini National Treasures Logo Man 1 of 1 was also reported to have been brokered for a ridiculous $4.6 million dollars oh my that makes that card second overall for a sports card sale behind a 1952 tops mickey mantle the card that sold for 5.2 million earlier this year on top of that did you know that pwcc marketplace just sold the first one million dollar football card Yep, this uh, <laughs> 2000 playoff contenders rookie ticket auto of Tom Brady sold for $1.32 million. Incredible. Wow. Wow, that's a lot of money, man. A lot of money. Well, Sports Card Investor, popular uh, YouTube channel, took a deep dive into the hobby's two newest grading companies, CSG, which we have talked about at length, and HGA, which I had honestly not heard of until reading this particular article on the Sports Card Investor blog. HGA stands for Hybrid Grading Approach. Approach. So exactly what is hybrid grading approach? Well, according to their website, they have implemented software that will allow the company in part to scan, analyze, and grade cards without subjectivity. The use of technology in grading is something we have discussed, and obviously with Nat Turner's involvement at PSA, it's clearly going to become part of their grading process at some point in the future as well. However, what might be the most unique feature about this HGA company, I thought, was their label system. How a card looks in a slab is obviously important, and I, for one, I really love the look of these team color-coordinated labels. We'll talk more about this later. We've been keeping you up to date on hobby NFTs, non-fungible tokens, uh, the past couple weeks since NBA Top Shot exploded in popularity. Well, now... Super Bowl champion tight end Rob Gronkowski is diving into the NFT game with the release of several limited edition digital trading cards chronicling highlights from his career and his four Super Bowls. Gronk spoke with TMZ Sports about what fans and collectors can expect. Watch this. 
and you have these really awesome limited edition trading cards that you are going to be releasing. So can you explain this whole situation? I had never heard of this until right now, and I am very interested. Yes, actually, even a couple of weeks ago, I wasn't really sure what it was. And my good friend Blau got into it and everything and, and you know, showed me the way. But non-fungible tokens are digital assets that are unique and limited. They can't be duplicated or split up. They have many uses, including for digital collectibles, music, digital artwork, digital trading cards, and in-game tokens. So that's kind of like the brief description of what what NFT is. And for me, it's basically going to be like a digital trading card. You know those trading cards you have in person? You know, you open the package. Well, that's what it kind of is going to be, but it's going to be digitally. And it's going to be unique. It's going to be awesome. And I am proud to be launching the Rob Gronkowski Championship Series NFT collection. Uh, it's going to be dope. There's going to be, uh, you know, four NFT cards that I'm releasing. It celebrates my four Super Bowls. So we created four cards each digitally, you know, all signed by me too. And there will be one card for each of my championships. So, you know, if you're a big New England Patriots fan, there's going to be three cards that are digitally uh, with those three Super Bowls. And then if you're a big Tampa Bay fan, there's going to be uh, one of those ones. Uh, and it's just going to be unique. It's dope. It's super cool. And each card, hey, here, here yo, you ready for this? Yeah, I'm listening. Each card is limited to just 87 editions. Wow. I'm number this is super seven, exclusive. Yes. And you all, oh, you want to hear one more thing? Yeah. Bring it Come on. on. I know you love Let, this. Bring stuff. it on. What you got? Jewel of the drop will be a rare one of one Gronk career highlight refractor card. Wow. Four of my championships, baby. And the winner of that auction will get to attend one of my games next season and meet me in person too. And to, and to win this auction, you go to Gronk NFT dot com baby that's what it's all about rob yeah. do you think that you're seeing these trading cards like blow up like crazy now do you think this is the future now the whole world is digital is this is this going to be the future now like this is how trading cards are going to be exchanged and people are making money off of these things digitally yeah you know uh i kind of felt like you know i've heard about all this stuff that's digitally like two years ago, kind of faded away and everything. And like I said, I was hearing about it during football season. Now that I've, you know, heard about it a lot more since football's done. And I'm like, my mind's blown. It has blown up so much. And no one like thought two years ago that it was going to reach this far. And now it is. I couldn't, you know, predict the future and tell you like, this is the way it's going. But as of right now, I kind of feel like that this is the way it's going just because of the momentum that it has. But uh, for trading cards, I think it's very unique. I think I think the actual trading card will, you know, will never will always be there. I mean, it's been there. It's the original thing. Yeah. The original thing always lasts like, you know, it might not be as big, but I think this, you know, having digital trading cards now is just going to be unique and it's going to blow it out of the water. Uh, but I, uh, uh, actual trading card, I think will always be there. Uh, but I think it's leading towards a way where everything's digital with just the technology that's going on and everything these days. So I think it's going to be big, man. Pretty awesome there from Rob Gronkowski. In fact, I don't know if I could have explained NFTs any better than that. So 
Good job, Gronk. Yeah, most definitely. Are you going to go buy one now, Rob? Um, <laughs> probably out of my price range. Well, uh, heads up. If you've ever purchased autographed memorabilia from either everymemorabilia.com, neautograph.com, or awesomememorabilia.com, it is guaranteed to be a forgery. Sorry. Several media outlets, including Sports Collectors Daily, have reported that a Maryland man has agreed to plead guilty to federal charges of selling fake autographed memorabilia. But also in the process, that wasn't enough. He built two Alabama television stations out of tens of thousand dollars in unpaid advertising while hawking his bogus goods. <laughs> Douglas Edward Duran, according to North District of Alabama court records, told, uh, sold the fraudulent memorabilia for nine years, apparently from 2010 until 2019 on the aforementioned websites. The memorabilia included signed sports items and movie posters. Duran has agreed to plead guilty to wire fraud and aggravated identity theft. He could face up to 20 years in prison and forfeiture of $277,000, which does not include the losses of those who bought the fake goods. Bad Terrible. Man. Bad man. There is one guarantee. It is fake. <laughs> If you're still looking for a job in the midst of the pandemic and you'd like that job to be in the hobby, guess what? PSA is hosting its second virtual career fair next Tuesday, March 16th at 1 p.m. Pacific time. Open positions include obviously card and autograph graders, but also customer service positions, a social media marketing specialist, various product managers for TCGs, vintage cards, and modern cards. PSA President Steve Sloan said in a press release promoting the event, quote, this represents another great chance for people looking for rewarding careers in the hobby. In just the past three months alone, we've hired 167 people, and we're still seeking more hardworking individuals. Holy cow. To register yourself for the career fair, please visit www.psacard.com slash career fair. Wow, that's nice a simple for us. lot of people. Holy cow. Yeah. Um, a quick note on this year's NBA Player of the Day promotion from Panini America. Promotional kits are on their way to brick-and-mortar dealers this week, and here's a look at some of the highlights. When the kits arrive at your shop dealers, be sure to share a photo on social media using the hashtag NBAPOD, and then uh, the Panini account will obviously share those and point customers in the right direction to participate at your shop. That's awesome. All right, we'll put your thinking caps on a bit because we're going to get technical in this next story. Uh, Paul Lesko, a well-known lawyer and legal analyst for the hobby, is reporting that it appears we are one step closer to a fully automated grading process. It seems that a company called Tag PLLC was issued a patent on a, quote, computerized technical authentication and grading system for collectible objects. In other words, a scanning system that grades cards. 
Lesko broke it down for us on Twitter that the patent provides some information on how the process works. Using a camera to scan multiple images of a card, running those images through algorithms for identification, corners, centering, edges, surface. Here are examples of how some of the algorithms would work. In addition, the patent also shows the grades issued would be based on some type of score the card would receive from each algorithm. Lesko adds that the claims of this patent are quite broad, covering an apparatus with a processor and memory that receives an image, accesses a database, applies an algorithm, and spits out a score. So should we be looking for a future automated process for grading? Well, it certainly appears that way. And last, meet Father John Ubel, rector of the Cath uh, Cathedral of St. Paul in St. Paul, Minnesota. In addition to his ministry work, Father John has been a lifelong collector. Fifteen years ago, after being assigned to his new position in St. Paul, he decided to purge his collection, but had second thoughts and removed it from the trash that he had put it in. And it's a good thing he did because those cards are now worth money. <laughs> this weekend, 50 of the higher value cards will be up for auction with all proceeds benefiting the AIM Foundation, which provides scholarship opportunities for children attending Catholic schools in the Minneapolis-St. Paul area. You can view the cards and participate in the auction this weekend by visiting aimhirefoundation.org. And that's a look at this week's hobby happenings. Um, Want to circle back on two things in there that are about kind of the same thing. The whole grading thing, automated grading, uh, AI grading, software. Ivan, you brought up a good point. Software and AI are different in the sense that what? So software we're all very familiar with. Software takes commands and translates them in some way. Yep. Uh, AI learns. So if you claim that you ding, 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 ding. offer AI grading, you're basically saying that your grading was based not on human interpretation, but on computer interpretation over and over and over again until a level of precision was acquired. Um, so there is a bit of a difference between the two. You know, There's a big difference. There's a big difference. And it did get some people upset. Um, HGA had for several weeks been using the word AI and now it's no longer on their website. They might have just been confused. I don't know. But, it, it, you know, they are separate things. And so now that terminology isn't on their website, which has some people going scratching their heads and also, I guess um, there have been some questions with inaccurate labeling, despite them being beautiful. I, the key is, you know, if you're just going to put pig on a lipstick or lipstick on a pig, rather, uh, no, that won't work. So the labels need to be accurate on top of looking good. So there's there's some growing pains as various companies identify this as an opportunity and get up to speed on making it a reality. So we're just gonna have to see what this process entails, who's gonna be the first to 
implement it and the first to really nail it to instill confidence in collectors. Ivan, you were even telling me that there's another company name that I hadn't heard of until you mentioned it. What was that one? Yeah, there's a company out there. Uh, you can find them on Twitter. Uh, Twitter does not pay me to promote them this much. It's just the best place to be in the hobby. I don't care what right, you say. Right, right. I know. Um, <laughs> uh, called Genement, G-E-N-A-M-I-N-T. And one of their founders, uh, Kevin Lenane, has posted a few different videos about their development process literally over the last three months. Um, and it shows some tr what looks like true AI and what looks like some nice, slow efforts to try to get it right. Um, so it's actually kind of cool to watch their videos that show how AI can judge the surface of a vintage card, for example, which is a lot. You know, if you've got yeah. if you've got this card versus uh, gosh, I'm going to embarrass myself. I don't think I have any vintage. I, I've got a heritage high number, you know, like judging the surface on an old vintage card is going to be so much tougher than judging it on that. Uh, here we go. Does this, does this give me collector cred? Pulling out a Dick Grote card from the, there you go 1964, 65. Um, so yeah, so being able to tell that sort of precision, um, but so that's kind of cool. And I've actually been able to talk to him a little online. He says, "Yeah, we're taking it slow because the most important thing is accuracy." So excited to see how that turns out, or if Tag PLLC comes up with something. Because Rob, tell me I'm crazy. People have. For me, grading is about accuracy. The value oh, that comes with grading should be about that's accuracy. It. At, the, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, everything else is just smoke and mirrors. I couldn't agree with you more. But l listen, we're, it's just, we're, okay, we're into mid-March. We can say three and a half months. Um, last week would have still been early March. And we've already seen at least three new companies coming to the forefront, presenting ideas on how to do this. And this doesn't even take into account whatever Nat Turner's involved in, and he's doing a PSA. So, yeah, it's like, I can't believe the speed at which this is happening. And thus ties back to the poll question, you know, Will it be this year? No. Will it be next year? Probably not. Probably so, not. But if it's already this fast in three months, could it be as early as next year? I mean, I've got a few other thoughts on that. I know we've got a huge show tonight. Lots yeah, we of do. But this is fun. But let me ask you this first off. Has anybody talked or not talked about this? Um, you know how they use synthetic DNA to authenticate, like, autographs? Yeah. Why is there not synthetic DNA on the slab that if you try to crack the slab, reveals it? Or something along that nature. Oh, there you go. There you um, go. And then the other question is, you talk about speed of things. Well, NFT speed has been literally, you know, at, at Google Fiber speeds lately. What and and Ivan two weeks ago all 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 taught us. Okay, everybody together now. Non fungible yes. token. Do you remember what fungible means? Uh, it's not touchable. Uh, it's not no. Physical. Actually, fungible means uh, exchangeable between one another. So currency okay. is fungible. One Dang dollar it. is one dollar is one dollar, even though they're all different dollar bills. 
an NFT is not exchangeable because each one is its own identical, you know, if you're talking about digital dollars, you know, if I'm sending you money from, from Venmo, it's all the same. Whereas an NFT, no matter what, I'm sending you 177 out of 7,500 or whatever the serial number is. Nothing gotcha. else is like it in existence on the blockchain. That's why it's not fungible. Um, there you go. But I interrupted well, no, that's, you. That's, I'm sorry. I'm glad that you reminded. <laughs> you know, we probably have some new viewers. I think if my dad, hey, Kurt, if you're watching, um, you know, he's learning too. Um, but which one is going to create and mint an NFT for you with your submission? So you get your graded card as an NFT to display on their website or exchange on their website or transfer with the asset. So that's the See? word today, which is fidgetal, <laughs> P-H-Y-G-I-T-A-L. And that's where fidgetal, fidgetal. those are assets that are fidgetal. both NFT fidgetal. and physical, physical, digital, fidgetal. It'll be in fidgetal. the dictionary next year. Watch it. All right, you heard it here first on Go GTS Live. Hey, you guys want some? So, if you're just tuning in, the way you win is one, you do have to follow us, Go GTS Live, on social media, on Twitter. Uh, and two, you have to retweet the tweet for whatever item it is that you want to enter to win. So, there's four tweets up that are giveaway tweets now on our page. So, retweet. Um, Whichever one of those you want to win or retweet all of them for a chance to win all of them. It doesn't hurt. And then you have to be watching at the end of the show when we announce the winners in order to enter to win. So, or in order to claim your prize. So there you go. Not too hard. Lots of fun. Some great cards. Some fun cards. Some big money cards up for w winning potential tonight. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun. All right, let's hit that poll. Go GTS Live Q of the Week poll. How close is the hobby to fully automated grading using AI software, etc.? Three years or more, 51, 50.6%. 261 of you weighing in so far. Thank you. 42 minutes left. If you haven't already, please do so. Uh, next up, um, continue to be impressed by Upper Deck's uh, marketing of their product, the hobby in general, and uh, getting fans to be collectors. Another way they're going about that is the Upper Deck NHL Player Spotlight. This week features Patrick Kane, who tonight is competing in his 1,001st game. Watch this, and we'll be back with more Go GTS Live in just a second. Introducing Upper Deck E-Pad. Collect your favorite NHL players. More than just digital cards, but real cards that you can have mailed directly to you. Trade with fans from around the world. Get a free pack every day, only on UpperDeckEPack.com. Time now for one of our favorite segments here on the fourth period. It's the Upper Deck Player Spotlight, obviously brought to you by Upper Deck. David, we'll get right into it. We'll start with a player who has the same nickname as you, and that's Showtime Patrick Kane out of Chicago. MVP type of season that he's having, but does his team need to make the playoffs in order for him to get consideration? Yeah, you know what? I think, Irv, if they make the playoffs, I think he's a shoe-in for the award, providing he keeps up this pace. He's second in the league in scoring right now with 38 points behind Connor McDavid. But if nobody expected Chicago to be a, a contender for the top seed, let alone a contender for the playoffs, 
And this club is doing it on the backs or back, excuse me, of Patrick Kane. This guy right here from Upper Deck is we have a perennial All-Stars card right here. This guy's a perennial All-Star, perennial MVP candidate if he keeps this going for the Chicago Blackhawks. We mentioned superstars and Patrick Kane, and everyone knows and respects his game. But a guy that really doesn't get enough respect around the league is Alexander Barkov of the Florida Panthers. No, you know, he doesn't. He, he really doesn't. He gets the accolades from the defensive side of things. But the guy's got 27 points in 25 games so far. He's a superstar in his own right. And like you said, he just doesn't get enough credit. Probably gets more of a spotlight on him if he's in a different market, perhaps a bigger market. But this guy with this upper deck card that we've got, it's got a little piece of the jersey here, game jersey action for you. This guy, he's a gamer. He's one of the reasons the Florida Panthers are doing so well this season and in contention for top seed in their division. There's no question this guy's a superstar in my mind. He should be a superstar in a lot of other people's minds. This team makes the playoffs. He's going to get the spotlight he deserves. David, you're our superstar here on the fourth period as that ends our first installment of the Upper Deck Player Spotlight. Very cool. Uh, Love what Upper Deck is doing. Uh, So just a quick reminder about our GoGTS Live QA hashtag. If you have a question you'd like us to answer, um, tag us with GoGTS Live QA, and uh, we'll pick one to answer later. Whoops, sirens going off. Um, All right. Next week, we have just two new product releases to cover in Hot in in the Shop. Uh, Look ahead at next week's new releases. Obviously, all release dates are subject to change. The calendar remains very fluid. The best indicator, well, not having the one checklist, but I'm going to still say it. Because as of today, Heritage is still on the release calendar for next week, but we have yet to see a checklist for that, but we got one for opening day and inception, which are the only two products releasing next week. So keep an eye on GoGTS.net for the calendar and also what uh, specific checklists are posted. But taking a look at Topps opening day baseball cards, uh, entry-level product, um, Low risk, 36 insert cards, fun for whatever age you happen to be. If you like baseball cards, this is it in its rawest format. 36 packs, seven cards, uh, some great themed inserts, uh, base set, outstanding opening day inserts, legends of baseball, uh, mascots, sticker collection, preview cards, uh, there's some short prints, Walk This Way, Opening Day Origins, Dugout Peaks, uh, some surprises. There are autograph, autograph relics and relic cards, including new Turf War diamond relic cards featuring uh, dirt depicted from the player's ballpark. Cool. Other relic cards are Opening Day Relics, Mascot Relics, Diamond Relics, Memento <coughs> Relics mascot patch relics and then randomly inserted off autograph cards opening day mascot autographs ballpark profile autographs and more dirt cards these ones autographed so tops opening day inexpensive fun we've got another exciting baseball card product hitting hobby shelves this week the original tops inception 
delivers one autographed or autographed relic card plus two base parallels and four base cards in every box. This is one of the most art like art driven cards that are out there from a base card standpoint. Look at those cool, exciting backgrounds, crackliness, color splashes all over the place. Very excited for this product, especially because it includes the talent-rich 2021 Major League Baseball rookie class with on-card autograph cards, as well as autograph relic cards. Um, each box, uh, or sorry, each case is going to have four Inception autographed patch cards. So those are four per 16-box case. One Inception Silver Signings autographed card. And then one autographed jumbo patch card or jumbo hat patch card. Also look for things like cool team logo patch booklets, game day gear autograph relic book cards. So an entire book of relic pieces and autographs there. And plenty of parallels on both the autographs and the base cards, including green to numbered 125, magenta to 99, red to 75, Orange to 50, blue to 25, and Inception numbered one of one. Again, great rookie class this year, as we saw already with Flagship. Plus, we saw news earlier this week that Alex Kirilov, who did not have a rookie card in Flagship, will have a card in Inception. So, some new cool. rookies debuting in Inception as well. So, awesome to see that. Oh, don't forget MLB Silhouetted Batter Logo Patch Book Cards with the MLB logo, one of one. Those will be fun to chase. So, awesome. And that's a look at what's hot in the shop. Yep. It's a Tops Baseball Week. All right. Uh, so, Golden Auctions talked this week um, about NFTs and NBA Top Shot. And we thought you'd appreciate a, a hobby executive's take on the NFT and Top Shot market. We're going to put Ivan to work and pull winners for all this stuff I got to mail out this weekend while you guys watch this video. We'll come back. We'll uh, tackle the GoGTS Live QA and then announce the winners. Watch this and we'll be back. This is an exciting time for us. I mean, we just completed uh, a record auction this weekend, $45.2 million, uh, which is by far a record for our industry. And it included our first ever venture into NFTs with the Giannis Top Shot. And we're very, very happy with the price, $136,000 plus. Uh, we also noticed as part of the auction that we had our largest increase in new users, our largest increase by 25% of participating users in the overall auction. So we think that this is an exciting opportunity for us. And um, you know, we look forward to doing more of the uh, NFTs and broadening out our customer base, as well as collector's interest. Now, I thought it was interesting, Ken, that you also had a record sale of a Kobe rookie card, selling it for over $1.8 million. I'm curious if you think there are certain market factors that are driving interest both in traditional collectibles and these NFTs at the same time right now. Sure. I mean, the Kobe was great. It was a uh, one of two for one, approximately 1.8 million. And we noticed that, uh, that some of the trends, obviously, you've got traditional buyers, you've got investors, you've got collectors. Now we've got mutual funds and hedge funds and alternate investment funds uh, that are you know, buying trading cards to, uh, to put away. Um, but what we noticed is that there's a crossover between the crypto crowd, 
the sports betting crowd, some of the trading cards, and obviously the NFT. So for us to be able to have a collectible and NFT offering um, broadens our audience and gives us a unique crossover. And we definitely saw a major crossover with people bidding on the Giannis Top Shot, as well as bidding on a selection of trading cards throughout the auction. It was not like, you know, we definitely got new people that were joining us just to bid on the NFT, but we had traditional customers that they were bidding on a Kobe card or they were bidding on a LeBron James card or they were bidding on a Mickey Mantle card. And they also threw their hat in onto uh, the NFT. Ken, are you able to tell at this point uh, to the degree that you're drawing interest, where you're drawing interest away from? Are these people who would have ordinarily put that money into stocks? Are, is it just excess savings and this is their first investment of any kind? Um, I do not think it's their first investment. Um, you know, we, it's obviously not taking away from the traditional market because we had a 40% increase over our greatest sale in history and the industry greatest sale. I think that the interest is coming from people who definitely have some excess cash. I think it is a lot of people who like the fast-paced action. I think it's a lot of crypto traders. And it could be people who, a similar type of people who are like the uh, kind of Reddit uh, stock buyers as well. Um, Ken, I'm trying to get my head wrapped around this, and it seems to me that NFTs are paperwork. There still has to be a unique item of value behind it. And in my mind, at least, an item of value is more valuable if I either get royalties from it or I can brag about it because it's sitting in a frame in my house and I can walk people by it and say, oh, look at this highlight. You know, maybe maybe it's a digital frame. I don't know. How do you think about how these things might hold on to value or not based on their uniqueness, the, the digital stuff? I mean, I come from the traditional collecting world as well, where, you know, you have an asset, you have something physical, you like to display it or you store it in a bank. Um, but what we have to realize is people collect what they like. Um, right now, we are at the start, you know, the, the first inning of NFTs. Obviously, I believe there's going to be more that come into the marketplace and people are going to have to be selective. If people, you know, I was, I'm, I'm following Karen and I was listening to her as well, obviously an expert in the space. And uh, if people put a value on something, you can't determine for them what it's worth. I look at some of this stuff, it, it amazes me the prices different things go for. But if, if something is a blockchain, if it cannot be duplicated, if somebody can store it and they like to show off their phone or their iPad or their computer and say, hey, I own this, I can trade it. As long as they are able to sell that asset in a smooth trans, uh, transaction, you know, I don't think it's our place to speculate whether or not um, it, it is a, uh, it is a you know, something that you agree with. You know, I personally am a physical asset guy. I can certainly respect, however, the uh, digital asset world, and you can't deny the sales that have been taking place. All right. So pretty interesting conversation there. So um, thank you to... Did you, did you pick a cue of the week? I did. Me, by the way? I did. Thank you to okay, Monk. <laughs> Monk. At Monk. Espogies. Monk Espogies. It's going to be a surprise to me. Um, so the GoGTS Live QA of the week is, if the AI grading does eventually happen, do you think previously graded nines and tens that have been sold for big Ooh. money will get downgraded? Ooh. Very good question. If we can find an actual 
group settled on absolute, authentic, precise grade, will that damage the value of existing of existing graded cards? Basically, it's the question no one in the room wants to answer. Exactly. Gosh, if we here's the thing, (laughs) like I would think yes, but I currently. Now, I don't have the data to back this up, but I currently feel like Beckett grades more strictly than PSA. And for whatever reason, their values are worse because of it. Like people people would rather have a PSA 10 than a BGS 9.5 today, even though only a few years ago, I feel like they were much, much closer in value. So while I believe that, I don't know if the market would embrace that versus the market wanting... You know, wanting to have a better chance at a 10, perhaps. And I'm not saying PSA does. I'm just saying this is some of the perception of them. What do you think, Rob? 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 Did we lose me or did we lose oh, Rob? I must have turned. I'm, I'm <laughs> sorry. I was fidgeting. Hang it. All right. So I think to answer the question on a yes or no basis, I, I would answer no. I think that the tens and nines that are out there now are going to get the benefit of the doubt based on what's out there when all this happens. Benefit of the doubt in cards? <laughs> Listen, it goes back to that same question. We now know that the Honus Wagner card is trimmed. Okay? It's not the grade. It, it's only the grade it is because it was altered, and it, it should state I mean, that on the card, right? But we learned wait, that literally in federal court, right? right? Yes. But <laughs> people say if that card ever sold, it's not getting downgraded because now we know that it was altered because there's too much lore behind the card. There's too much legacy. There's too much tradition, history. It's the card. There's only one the card. So it goes back to that. If we're going to say that card's still going to sell for X over what it was several years ago, then I say, yeah, then I say existing 10s and 9.5s are going to be given the benefit of the doubt when it comes to value, even when this new process started. Now, when population reports begin to shift dramatically for key cards, that things are getting re-slabbed out of something into something else that has been all done with AI and software then, but initially not. So I know that's kind of a wishy-washy answer, but I I hope I explained it okay. Good question, though. I think the the bigger question is, is PSA de-incentivized to actually bring in AI grading at some point? Ooh, that's a Nat Turner question. Can you hook him up as a guest for us, Ivan? Yeah. I I think it's time. I think think that's time. I I can try. Sorry, let's rephrase that. I I can try if you need somebody to reach out to him, but I cannot guarantee I can. Oh, I can hook him up. I can call call Nat Turner right now. Uh, He probably doesn't know me from Jesus. Um, But getting back to what you were saying about the the Honus Wagner, um, real quick, I don't think it was... I think it was since I missed the show. Um, 
I was in this new app Clubhouse recently. I've heard a little uh, bit about like this. A, it's like a podcast that's going on that you can drop in. Okay. So if you know who Mark Andreessen is, um, he created Netscape, which was the browser sure. before Microsoft, yep. uh, you know, Internet did this stuff. Explorer, so he's got yeah. billions of dollars, VC guy for the last 20 years after Netscape. He was in this clubhouse talking about NFTs. But what he said was applicable to art and all collectibles. And I thought it was so interesting. And he used a trading card as the example. He said, you know, the Honus Wagner card is 50 cents of raw materials and labor and $3 million of something else. Yes. <laughs> and it was like, it just hit me in my collector soul. It's like, yeah, you know, I mean, why trying to explain Bobby Witt or trying to explain an NFT or trying to explain, you know, my, my Ed Howard and my, you know, this childish Bambino that makes me smile so much, even though technically it's not a licensed card. Like, you know, why do I love this LaMelo ball? Why do I love this Alexander Albon? who's not even racing anymore. Well, there, there's stories to me. There's mythology, you know, it's so much more than just, wait a minute. You know, this Albon, card. Albon got kicked off Red Bull. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. That, that yeah. <laughs> Sorry to drop a bomb in the middle of oh. <laughs> Rob's like, let's talk about the details. Wait, Albon's not on Red Bull anymore? Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Very interesting story there. So, um, but, uh, well, not, he just kept crashing. So, um, if you guys don't watch Drive to Survive on Netflix, we've said it before. <laughs> you got three weeks before F1 is back, yeah. and you got three weeks until F1 Chrome comes out. So, so, yeah, go check it out on Netflix. The most addictive, binge worthy series, Drive to Survive. You thought ESPN's Hard Knocks or HBO's Hard Knocks? I don't even know who produces it because it doesn't even matter. Hard Knocks is toilet paper. <laughs> wrapped in soap compared to this show the drama they, they get full access to every single f1 team behind the scenes you see like the guys did you know that an f1 car costs 15 million dollars yep it's insane yep that's why crashing like is f1 bad. is like 200 technicians and one driver bad <laughs> yeah like each each piece of the car this big costs 10 grand you know if they bump each other that's like we just burned 100 grand yep. if they crash the car yeah, so sorry, Alexander Albon, but you crashed the car well, two or three times. That's why Williams is getting out of racing, right? Which is crazy to think about. Yeah. Uh, so, anyways, total tangent there. Well, but, yeah, cars, why are they worth something? Who racing, knows? But, yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, I'd love to see him come back, but I do love his Tops Now card because of what it says to me about a lot of things. So, All right, people want to so know what collecting. they got. People want to know if they won. Yeah, I was going to say, we're going to send you guys some cards now as a thanks for watching. Thanks for engaging. Thanks for putting up with us. Um, so we've got 10 winners tonight of cards from Upper Deck and from Panini. Awesome looking cards. Uh, so we're going to announce the winners here in just a minute. But first, one piece of direction. If you hear your name called, you have to claim the prize. You have to claim it. Before the weekend, because Rob's got to get this shipping out. So that's why, you know, we want to thank you for watching all the way to the end of the show. This is how we do it. Um, we wish we could have a prize for all of you, but hey, tune in next week. Who knows how much more stuff we'll be opening and giving away. So to claim your prize, email us at gogtslive at gogts.net. The name of the show at the name of the website. In that email, tell us what you won. Tell us your name and address. Tell us your Twitter handle. 
Yep. Did I put name and address together? Yeah, you put name and address separately? together. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So three and a half things. Name and address, Twitter handle, and what you want so that we can just match up on our sheet and get it addressed to you. The mail doesn't send itself. That guy sends it. So in your email, thank Rob also. Uh, that said, let's get given away. Um, starting off with Upper Deck from Marvel Ages. We've got two winners here. The first one is the Word Cloud card. That's going to Stun Gone 7. Nice little pun there, sort of in keeping with the sci-fi uh, tune. Stun Gone 7. Instead of Stun Gun, Stun Gone. Um, and then the Bronze Spider-Man is going to Thomas, Florida. Congratulations, Thomas, Florida. wonder if he's related to the people that founded Florida. Uh, now from Panini, Plates and Patches, we've got three giveaways, starting off with half of a Chase Young jersey on that Relic card. <laughs> That's going to Matt from Ohio. Too bad it's not from Washington, D.C., but uh, Matt from Ohio. Hopefully you like Chase Young. Uh, Austin Hooper is going to Ballinger 1313. So you get our autograph from that. Austin Hooper autograph. Ballinger 1313. And then the Bob Greasy one-of-one one plate is going to Astru 13. Congratulations, Astru 13. All right, next up from Panini Revolution, we've got the Giannis uh, Antetokounmpo liftoff die cut, which is going to R. Goodwin IV. Might be R. Goodwin 4, R. Goodwin IV. I'm not sure if he's Roman or she's Roman or not. R. Goodwin IV. And then the Tyrese Halliburton autograph. Uh, you're sending it to, I believe, L.A., Rob, but not to me. Uh, dodgy trousers. Congratulations, dodgy trousers. Uh, pretty sure you're a Southern California collector like myself. Um, congratulations on that Tyrese Halliburton auto. And then from Prism, we've got two winners that are going to get a bundle of Prism rookie stuff. Shiny, fun stuff. Those two are Methodical 794. Methodical 794. And Butterfly Gal 616. Butterfly Gal 616. And then finally, the autograph from the Prism English Premier League box is going to at Tweeten Underwood. Tweeten Underwood. Congratulations and thank you to all of the winners. Thank you to everybody that watched tonight as well. Um, again, if you didn't win tonight, well, we're going to be back with more boxes, more product previews, more fun next week. So bookmark us. Tune in again. We don't bite. Yep, he said it all. Uh, special thanks to James Gale behind the scenes, Chris Carlin at Upper Deck, Tracy Hackler at Panini America for hooking us up with product. Uh, we'll be back with a brand new episode of Go GTS Live, the Hobbies web show next week. In the meantime, always be collecting. And while you're out there, be the change you want to see in the world. Good night, everybody.